And the special guest star, the hammering of that damnable heart. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 47 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast, where school's out for summer! As always, we have the disapproving principal, Talon. Dogs are good. Your cool friend, guidance counselor, Jeb. Dogs are important. And I'm the dog that wandered onto the school campus and disrupted class. You can call me Fox. <laughs> the dog's a fox? Or fox is the dog? Dog bear. It's complicated, don't ask. Dog bear? Dog bear! <laughs> so, Fox, what have you been playing? <laughs> I have been playing... I have been playing the latest piece of Pokemon free-to-play trash that Nintendo advertised at me. <laughs> is there a new piece of Pokemon free-to-play trash? There is! There is Pokemon Picross. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and it's actually pretty rad. It's it's Picross, so it has to be. <laughs> I had never played Picross before because they didn't is really make, cool. They, there wasn't one with pictures of things that I cared about yet. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, now now there's a Pokemon one, and I do care about Pokemon. I imagine the bunch of these executives sitting around going, "Do we have any one of our art assets that people like that's just got a pile of sprites <laughs> sitting around?" Can't think of any. Sorry, boss. <laughs> <laughs> we all went 3D a couple of years ago, right? Um, yeah, it's um, it's the usual fare of like energy meter that recharges over time, or you can pay more to recharge it. Quite now, right now, honestly, you can. Uh, with the fortunate allowance that if you upgrade it several times, it becomes unlimited. And let me see, I can't remember how that much costs in the US, even though I did look it up. Uh, for me, it was about seven dollars worth of investment in a free-to-play game, and I'm okay with that. That's not bad for 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 just an actual game. Yeah. Now, the caveat there is there are a bunch of other things to unlock. So that's not the only thing that they're going to make you pay for over time. Mm -hmm. But they do have an absolute threshold of once you've spent this much money, which in the US is 30 bucks. Mm. Uh, the the resource that you use to buy things, you can just get a bunch of it for free every day. So okay. it's still somewhat limited and it's never just flat out, yeah, I can go ahead and unlock everything. But with free-to-play style games, one of the one of the problems we have in, in gauging price is that at a con at a at a conceptual level, a free-to-play game is a way to allow the consumer to spend as much or as little as they want on a project. And the fact that they put <laughs> theoretically. A theoretically. Yeah. And the fact that they put a cap on that at all is kind of admirable because from a marketing perspective, uncapped potential purchasing is kind of something attractive. Yeah, yeah, there's a huge difference in, in the ethical approach there. It, I mean, there is only one thing you can buy for this free-to-play game, unlike a lot of others. Yeah. So they really have said, look, we never want to make you spend more than... I think it. I think it's about $40 in Australia. But... I mean, like, 30 bucks for a Picross-style game on my 3DS, that's probably more than I personally would pay. But, say, 15 bucks for a good puzzle game that I would play regularly, that's about my personal threshold, so I'd probably sink about 15 bucks into this game. Well, you're a bit... Both of those numbers are a bit out. It'd be $40 for you to... Oh, yeah. $40 for you to get the regularly recurring free currency thing. Um, and, like, significantly less than $15 to just be able to play it as much as you want. Yeah. Um, you need the money resource to unlock new areas, which is new puzzles and whatnot, but... By investing that first chunk, there's a lot of stuff you can get access to. It's not too bad. I mean, I might it might slow down drastically once I've uh, run out of what I bought. 
Uh, but uh, it might not. I mean, you do earn these things by playing the game as well, just yeah. not in anything near the same quantity. So, anyway, we'll see. But yeah, capping the price, I respect that for exactly the reason you describe. Anyway, that's about all I've been playing this week. What do you got for us, Talon? Well, I've played a fair bit of this little game called Teleglitch, which if you have a Steam account, you probably actually own. They gave it away to a lot of people at one point because um, someone compared it to a sort of roguelike survival mechanisms versions of Hotline Miami. Mm. That's not a comparison that worked well for me because comparing a game I don't know, that's not a bad game, but comparing that game to uh, Hotline Miami was clearly a miss for me. Like I, I, Hotline Miami has eaten like six months of my life, kind of thing. But, but you see, it's 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 top down and it's it's pixel art and it's art. Yeah, and therefore clearly it's exactly it's the same game, exactly the same game. Yeah, and and I mean, like when you think about Hotline Miami, there's the music, there's the sound, there's the visceral meanness of the whole thing. Teleglitch doesn't have that. Teleglitch is kind of a nice, cute little thing, and I, I do mean cute in this kind of not not an affect, but you know, I I like the way it's making what it's got work like it's a visual systems like the way that the visibility works that's kind of cool but yeah teleglitch is kind of decent looking i'm you know if you've got it if you've got it on steam it's probably quite worth your time to invest a little bit in it but (laughs) is it like a top-down floor plan kind of thing like hotline miami or yeah and there's scavenging in barrels and you know gathering ammunition and careful movement and whatnot as opposed to hotline miami which is really fucking frantic Right, so if you're the kind of player who thinks Hotline Miami would still be pretty engaging even if you weren't basically spending the whole time going Fuck! Fuck! Shit! Fuck! Arg! Then you might enjoy it. Hi Cass, that swearing quota was for you. <laughs> Teleglitch is just kind of a game that exists. Yeah. You play it, you probably own it, like you said. And, I mean, and it's a Paradox Entertainment game, and on the just on the statistics of it, Paradox do odd things. It's definitely an odd little game, not like a lot of other stuff that's getting released. So, you know, Check it out, but don't go out of your way and I'm assuming you already own it. (laughs) But uh, the other thing I've played is Life is Strange, about which I will probably have views and words, (laughs) but I think I'll save those mostly for like my own blog. Uh, Not not because there's anything particular about it, but just I think I'm going to have to talk spoilers and navigating that on an audio podcast is just a pain in the tuchus. And I know there are some people who still haven't played it and are going to want to. That's fair. Seems like the spoilers are pretty important. Let the record state that I think Talon's wrong. <laughs> and thus I'm going to make fun of him. <laughs> Talon is wrong. He should restrict discussion of this to his blog instead of bringing it up here and now. <laughs> whatever his whatever his opinion happens to be, it's probably wrong. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I thought this was because I made a prediction about what I, what I thought Life is Strange's big twist was going to be. And uh, I made it in Rot 13 on my Twitter feed. And I said, you don't need to respond to that. I don't read your Rot 13. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> but I, I, I put it out there and said, you don't need to respond to that or discuss that with me. I just want it to be on the record of me saying that before I went into the next chapter. Because I want to see if I, you know, I want, I don't want to be like afterwards saying, oh, I totally saw that coming if I didn't. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's don't nod. I mean, they, duh, these people are not, the, they made Remember Me. Everyone remembers Remember Me, right? The game that's just not quite as smart as it thinks it is. I remember that being the game that just wasn't quite as fun as it thought it was. Uh, I was so hyped for that game going in, and then I got to play it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for anyone who's wondering why talent just does not get hype anymore, the answer is a two-part answer. It starts with Remember Me, and it ends with Watch Dogs. (laughs) I 
was looking forward to Watch Dogs. These are the last two things that Talon allowed himself to feel joy in anticipation of. Aiden Coolname and his mysterious Korean buddy solving problems and, and uh, making subtle hacker things like urban stealth. That looks really cool. Oh, no, wait, you just beat up poor people for thought crime. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. Information age! <laughs> Still, uh, the, the, the talk about Watch Dogs does remind me, though. When it comes to these games, they're very big. Um, players bring their own games into games. Like, you do have things you choose to value more in a game space, and that changes the way the game works. Watch Dogs and almost all the Ubisoft games of the open-world genre are big enough games that you will find, potentially, a game you enjoy in that game. Not in Watch Dogs. Well, well <laughs> if, if there is a game you like in Watch Dogs, like, if you like roaming around doing the little pew-pew laser thing or the virtual reality, or if you just like rolling around with the spider tank, that's cool. I don't want. I don't want to tell you you're bad for liking that. It's just for me, my tastes. Oh, fuck this game. My tastes require any characters present to be likable or enjoyably dislikable. Aiden is neither of those things. Here's the thing: the things that you might find enjoyable that exist that hypothetically could exist in Watch Dogs, you could just do in Saints Row better. Probably. <laughs> and you certainly could. And you wouldn't have to deal with Cool Bro McDude name. <laughs> I don't even, I really resent him for that because I like the name Aiden and I like the name Pierce. What? Now Sa- they're both attached to that fuck ass. Saints Row has a cooler Pierce. It's true. We can just think of Pierce as relating to him. Mm-hmm. What? What video game character has that ever been attached to? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, Jeb, what have you been playing this week? Well, uh, today I found out that there is a uh, Magic the Gathering puzzle quest. <laughs> yes. Oh. Why is there a Magic the Gathering puzzle quest? It's very bad. <laughs> because puzzle quest is modal, modal and can be jammed onto anything because the game itself has no personality or character of its own. <laughs> is this what? official or is this another franchise wearing the skin of Magic the gathering and oh pretending. no no it's official it, it was advertised during the world magic cup wow it's official but keynote from mark rosewater we didn't develop it <laughs> of course they didn't it would be worse if they developed it was it's can't do software and every character has a color they're good their central color that they're best at and two colors they're bad at chandra Nalar, the mono red planeswalker yep. has two colors she's bad at uh-huh. guess what they are red, red and red she's bad at black and white well, white makes sense. Yeah, one of those is her enemy color. <laughs> she, she's pretty shit at being white. I, you know, this is my experience with the character, at least. Yo, yeah, and Chandra definitely has nothing in her that's about independence. And, <laughs> you know, that one's a little harder to swing. High self-esteem. <laughs> and a willingness to burn down motherfuckers. That, that's just red. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry. A willingness to burn down motherfuckers is black. A desire to burn down motherfuckers <laughs> is red. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I I forgot the podcast can't hear me throwing up the horns. (laughs) Take a guess what colors Fox likes. (laughs) Colorless. (laughs) Colorless. And? (laughs) Waste. (laughs) Fucking wasting a lance, wasting a common slot in the back. Apparently it's wasting two common slots. Wait, are they giving you just, like, basic lands, but for color? All right, boosters have had a common land in them for a couple of years now. Uh. That's that's totally fine. And indeed, during Fate Reforged, they said, hey, just to make the mana fixing easier, we're also going to put a common dual land in that possible slot. That was really nice of them. Yeah. And uh, then... Hmm? It could, well, in Fate Reforged, it was either uh, one of the gain lands or a fetch land. Yeah, you could, get a, you could get a fetch land. So you could get a booster, which hypothetically had a mythic, a foil mythic, and a rare fetch land. <laughs> Magical Christmas land is real. Sorry, what I heard is you could get about 50 boosters. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that in uh, um, Battle for Zendikar, they said, you know, we're giving out the full color land in every um, pack. Sorry, the full art land. And that's nice too. Oh, right. Yeah. And in the next set of the Gate Watchers, they said that slot is now going to be taken up by a card called Wastes. And also, some of the common slots are going to be taken up by a card called Wastes. Just no, to no, make waste sure does, people have waste, them. Waste doesn't come in a, in a land slot. Oh, oh Just Christ, in the common really? slots. Just in the common slots. Oh. Wait, you're telling me they made a gimmick where they just might not give you as many cards because have this bullshit instead? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Fuck! It's the squire problem all over again. you dicks! Remember that during Time Spiral, you got a special time-shifted card. It could be a Chroma. It could be Uncle Istvan. It could be Squire. That, at least it's kind of funny. <laughs> this is a, I, I am gobsmacked with it. This is my gob, it is smacked. <laughs> what the fuck are but they doing? But don't worry, if you're drafting Battle for Zendikar block, and you want to cast, you open your first pack, and right there is Kozilek. Roar! This huge Eldrazi Titan that's finally actually scary. It has menace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually has scary. <laughs> the best keyword. The best keyword, scary. <laughs> Which, of course, During way, Halloween becomes spoopy. <laughs> replace the word menace on every time you read a magic card with scary and you realize how silly it is that none of the Ulamog <laughs> brand Eldrazi have it. <laughs> but two allies do. Ah, uh, don't even talk to me about Eldrazi. We've been pointing this out since the Crozant Cloud Scraper didn't have trample. <laughs> it's a 13-13 that gets stopped by a squirrel token. I can only assume he doesn't have trample because he literally stepped over you. <laughs> you are not as big as his stride. And you just did not register as existing. Kozlek <laughs> has scary. Mm. So he's harder to block. He can counter uh-huh. spells because that's something you're worried about happening. Yeah, once when, you cast Kozlek and refilled your hand. <laughs> uh huh. But you in order to, to cast him, you need to have two colorless mana. So you need to start picking the wastes out of the other packs in the draft. And there aren't that many of them. You're not going to get that There's many chances. One, there should be one pack of the small set in, uh, in the draft. <laughs> so what looks like a bomb rare might actually be a bit of a dud. And it's being supported by dead spots in other packs. Goody! <laughs> Which means that you have to build the rest of your deck with cards for Battle for Zendikar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is already weird because that's a set where they tried to give you six colors and they instead gave you three and a half. <laughs> Poop on Zendikar. Let's go play Tuckier again. <laughs> if they screw well, up Innistrad, I don't know what I'm going to do. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't think they're going to screw up Innistrad. I think that Karns was a very high development, high polish block. I mean, they mentioned they had enough time to basically set the block on two time streams at once at one point. Uh, you, you, you heard about the Borf experiment, Jeb? No. <laughs> so Wizards of the Coast was suggesting the idea of... R&D suggested during Khans of Tykeer that they introduce a variant of Morph, which instead of being three mana oh. for a 2-2, was two mana for a 2-2, which they called Borf for Bear Morph. And this was an experiment that instead of them just going, all right, we'll make a couple of cards and dirtle around with it, they said, all right, we're going to split the database in two, and for, I think, six weeks, we're just going to develop as if Borf exists and we're going to treat all the Morph cards as Borf cards and they ran that experiment and at the end of it they all 
went, wow, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Never do that. No, 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 we're not doing that. Moving on. Let's go back to Morph. Let us go back to the real Khans of Tarkir timeline. This is a silly place. So they, they clearly had a lot of time and resources on Khans, and Zendikar feels just a little undone by comparison. Like the fact that Green drafts so badly. It doesn't have the same sense of, well, enthusiasm? Personality. Like, yeah, I, I guess it, it's a lot of it is personality, but like Tarkia feels like it was made when they were going, yeah, we really want to make this set about these characters with these ideas, with this shit in it, this is going to be great. Whereas Zendikar feels a lot more like, well, I'm supposed to do these guys again. Mm. Well, even I don't know Magic if that's Origins. how it actually happened. But. <laughs> even Magic Origins was a, was a cohesive and well-designed set. Yeah. Well, that was all about uh, telling the stories of the Planeswalkers, wasn't it? That's true. Mm-hmm. So character played heavily into that, and that's why we now have... So they had five separate storylines clearly told on ten different planes in one set, and then we got Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, it's almost like a massive break in the continuity happened because of a dog being a dope (laughs) well if that's why it happened i'm sure everyone would forgive the dog because dogs are dogs dogs are important (sighs) oh he's so salty (laughs) (laughs) there's this time dilation thing going on where y'all are thinking about the actual experience of recording the podcast but for me every second every (laughs) mess up i'm looking at going i have to hear this again (laughs) i have to deal with this in the future The monument to my sins being built by a whippet. (laughs) Your sins? (laughs) More like a monument to my dog's sins. That's true. Still, yeah, Magic Origins was really good. And Battle for Zendikar is really... (laughs) Which is a repeating theme that Jeb and I will harp on for about... The rest of time. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to give Wizards a chance to make it up to me. They, they promised me an Innistrad set. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they've, they've promised you an Innistrad set, a Zendikar set, a Lorwyn set, a Ravnica set, a Dominaria set, uh, a Kaladesh set. Yeah, I really want to check out Kaladesh. A the fact Theros that gone... set. Yeah. I'd love to see a, a conclusive uh, Lorwyn set. Hmm? I'd love to see the conclusive Lorwyn set. Like, well, they're, they're, I, that's, I, one of the, that's one of the tens, so... Yeah, I, I was... What's... From that list, I was going, ooh, yeah, that's the one I want to see. Mm. I, I did think it was... The other one? Oh, yeah, so, uh, Kaladesh to... Where? What was the place that uh, Shonger went to? Oh, my God! Carol Cape? Huh. I don't know. Candle Cape? Carol Cape. Uh, I know what Virginia that is. Virginia Ballard taught. Yeah. Well, that's that's another place. And Bant. Yes. Not Alara. Bant. Bant. So, historical. Which, which, by the way, I thought that was a really nice... I thought that was like a really nice touch linguistically, where they were like, we, we were hiding to you the origin of Gideon Jirah, and it turns out it's because his name originally was Kithian. Like, <laughs> he arrived... He, 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 so think of a Greek-accented person tel, uh, teleporting from basically ancient Greece to Bant, which is basically British. This sort of um hello uh what's your name uh oh, it's Gideon? Man. Gideon? Gideon? oh yeah get at that point he was not a little guy he was a large very large man <laughs> hello gigantic person what's your name Gideon. uh gideon right yes sir please don't twist my head off what? i wonder if that what? means that the th in kithian is more like a kithian well his, his name is kithian so yeah no i mean are you meant to pronounce the th as a t which Oss. would be almost the same as a d which does kind happen of, yeah. in a lot of uh yeah a lot of transliterations especially with english because it's a wonky wonky language so well, anyways stuff Greek I've also pl- had its own fun yeah with Jeb, this is jeb's section technically we're just taking it the fuck over jeb go on <laughs> I also played a. I also played a, a really neat uh, early access title. Now, it's a it's a it's a it's a survival game. Mm. 
In space. All right. You're on a spaceship. Uh-huh. And you're traveling from one derelict spacecraft to another. This isn't Looking Duskers, is it? This is Duskers. You got to play Duskers! Duskers hey. is really cool. Yes! It's really cool. <laughs> it might be the scariest game I've played in a long time. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay, Dusk- Duskers, Duskers is a game where you go from derelict spacecraft to derelict spacecraft, and you explore these for resources in order to keep going. Mm-hmm. But you can't go exploring. There's dangers out there. What you have are some drones that you control remotely from your keyboard terminal. Oh, yes, this we spoke about this on the yes. podcast before, and Talon was explaining to me about the control system. Yeah. Yeah, in that's which I said, really interesting. In which I said, I haven't had a chance to play this. It looks stressful and hard and scary. <laughs> it's really scary. Because all, all that you can see, you don't get an actual video feed from the drones. You get kind of like the oh. wireframe of their sonar. So everything's a little bit grainy, and it's like, okay, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Oh, that's quite clever. And you have some motion detection. You can <laughs> you're, you you can run a motion detector and see there's something in that room. I'll tell you, you can see there's something in that room. I don't know which of the doors are open yet. I was going to say, so wait, you, you can see that things are moving, but you only get updated <laughs> on them every so often. So it's like a flip book of, oh, oh, oh shit, that's coming over here. <laughs> oh, nice. And, and... Your motion detection uh, module has a limited number of uses. And it can break. <laughs> of course it like can Like everything else in this game, everything you've got is <laughs> derelict and broken. And so it's, Well, you can... you're just trying to patch everything together to keep going. And you can roll your drone into a in, into a, some space, and suddenly the camera's all cut out, and you immediately start panicking. <laughs> it's like, what happened? What went wrong? Oh no, did something just eat my drone? No, lock down everything, protect everything, and you creep into the location. You find no, it's it's fine. It just it just broke. It's like, oh, it just I moved off the, I, I disconnected the power. Oh wait, yeah. I forgot to close the door. <laughs> oh wow! Really interesting game. It's really, really good. It's really atmospheric. It's really scary. <laughs> I'm impressed. I recommend, and it's it's a long way off from being finished too. But there's mm. so much right now that just works so well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like two of my favorite games of 2015 came come out next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll remember this in retro gaming news in two years time so, fox will remember this <laughs> nah probably not nah Speaking we'll finish of... doing the podcast and i'll be like "Ooh, pixelated pokemon <laughs> what were Speaking... we talking about something Speaking about which... swamps let him talk <laughs> speaking of which ooh, squares <laughs> yes i heard this square cells came out and if you know anything that I've ever talked about before in the history of ever, you'll know that Hexels and the Hexels games are the best puzzle games ever made. Oh wait! And now there's a, a new one, but they're squares. But they're squares. But they're squares. And I mean, Hexels has a hell of a of a bar to meet. And you're saying that Square Cells seems to live up to it. It's not as good as Hexels. Which is like saying it's not as good as the best puzzle games ever made. <laughs> That's true. Oh, so it's not, not just... it's not quite as good as <laughs> the best ever made. Oh, they're not like straight up using it to to teach you to code binary by using black and white squares. 
Yeah. Um, it, with with regards to puzzle games, I often find that I, f- I prefer them to be somewhat small, discrete parcels of, of gameplay. So like when I'm traveling between things or I'm waiting for a bus or whatnot, that works out well for me. Uh, that's why I quite like Line as a puzzle game. Uh, is this is this comparable to that experience or is this one you kind of fall into? Well, for the first, first 16 or so levels, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, you're spending an hour or so on one puzzle. <laughs> So it's great if you're going to go on a long trip in about a month's time. Yeah, good point, yeah. (laughs) Well, I could get into it now, and by then I'll be ready for the plane trip. (laughs) I am just about finished uh, with that. I have five puzzles left to do, so that'll be a few hours yet. But, uh, yeah, if you like puzzle games, go get Hexels and Hexels Plus and Hexels Infinite and Square Cells. (laughs) It'll cost you a few dollars. Nice. Yeah, and you know, even if um, even if you only get you know ten puzzles worth of fun out of the game and decide this isn't for me, that's not a lot of money to ask for the uh, the cost of entry, as it were. Yeah, a couple of bucks is the price where you can go. I can afford to try it for that. That's you know, yeah. I was going to say that's less than a movie ticket, but movie tickets are really fucking expensive <laughs> these days. Often the uh, the the Hexels games go on sale for half off too. So yeah, <laughs> and bundled with each other. Yeah. I, uh... Are they significantly different from one another? They add more and more mechanics in each uh, Hexels game. Right. Mm. They are the... definitely worth playing separate. Awesome. And then Infinite also has an, an, uh, a random puzzle generator mode, which is a little easy, but still yeah? fun. I would have thought random ones would be harder for some reason. Uh, well, they, they, I think by, they, they, they turn out to be really easy because the, the, the random puzzle generation algorithm makes sure that you have all the information that you need to solve the puzzle without having to guess. That's a uh, real, and so that is a gets really, really redundant thing. on a lot of the hints. I see. So it gives you more information than you need. Which, again, you have unlimited puzzles that don't require guesswork to finish. That's really cool. Yeah. Designed by one person. Uh, do we have a name for this uh, wonderkind? Matthew Brown. Matthew <laughs> Brown. Uh, of Matthew Brown Games. And this is this is the primary thing he's produced? Is this like clay where you find out that, oh, all these games are made by the same incredible uh, he genius? Made, he made Sentinel, which is a neon uh, kind of music-timed um, tower defense game. Okay. And I can't remember the name of the actual rhythm game he made, but it is also very bright and colorful and flashy, which is different than the Cells games, which are very minimal, minimalistic. Ah, Sound Shift. Sound Shift, there you go. That's the name of the Sound Shift yeah. one. That's really cool. Yeah. Right. Uh... Do we have anything else, or shall we move on to <laughs> retro gaming news? I played Smash Brothers. I like playing as Palutena. Ah, yes. <laughs> I also understand that the um the, the the Wii tablet is usable for more locations than hi. Sorry, uh, the Wii U tablet. Je- Jeb's mentioned that the Wii U tablet being able to move around his place is really useful. Well, it's really nice because he can play it in locations he, when he has to move around. I can lay down in bed and play Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> that this is my life now. That's Aww. wonderful. Now I'm jealous. My tablet doesn't quite reach to the bedroom no it's a little bit too far reaches to the bathroom yes i play hyrule warriors in the bathtub (laughs) (laughs) like a polar bear gamer i could play from my balcony i could i could play smash brothers outdoors in the snow it's not snowing here (laughs) sorry listener if you can hear the ghost of a dog in the background (laughs) that's my dog going why can't i use the doggy door (laughs) 
Can somebody hold Ellie. the doggy door open for me? He Come seriously on, he Come seriously on. needs the doggy door held for him. You can do it. There he goes. Oh. It's not even that he needs it. He just wants encouragement for some reason. He's not confident enough to use it by himself yet. It's like a little kid. And the fact that this is making the edit is a sign of just how much I care about it's the edit the... today. All right. Well, here's the thing, though. A lot of people are, who listen to what we have to say really do care about your dog. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And Ellie is a wonderful dog. He's just not a bright dog. It's the Ellie is a crybaby special. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of December 2006. Brought to you by dogs. It's a good thing they're excellent or you'd hate them. Same. We've talked in the past about how the releases of a month are often contextual to other things going on in the same way that we had an episode where Warcraft Cataclysm came out <laughs> and no one wanted to release any game at all during that month. Well, we have... <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I, was, I was trying to make a comment on that, like, you know, a metaphor, and I'm just imagining a really fat bird sitting in the middle of a telegraph wire. <laughs> yes, that's a very good image. No one else wanted to sit on that wire. <laughs> Basically, someone came in and ate all of the pies. And that's terrible. 2006, <laughs> December... There were three of us, actually. ...follows after December... Sorry, follows after November 2006... And yes, it does. Six. <laughs> yes, as as night follows day, Jeb. Thank you. Yes, but in November two thousand six, we <laughs> saw the release of. Why don't you let Jeb tell us? I think he knows. <laughs> do, do does Jeb know? Does Jeb know what came out in two thousand six, November, that wound up being one of the best selling games of all time? Uh, Modern Warfare. <laughs> Call of Duty 3 and Wii Sports. Call of oh, Duty wow. 3? Call Not of Duty 3. 4? Nope. Call of Duty 3 was oh. launched alongside... Call of Duty 3 was launched alongside the Wii. Huh. So nobody remembers Call of Duty 3. Yes! Like you, like you could not have had more polar opposite games. I figured it was it was Modern Warfare. Not... No, no, no. It's just the, the Wii came out and with the Wii came... The Wii's games, and that's why Wii Sports is one of the best-selling games of all time. <laughs> because yeah. you market. You just had it. Yeah. <laughs> you just had it. It's like saying Alex Kidd was one of the best-selling Sega titles of all time. <laughs> it was, I'll grant of that course, it was, Alex uh, Kidd owned. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll grant that it was a lot of fun watching my grandparents lend a Wii Golf. <laughs> Also, for the Japanese releases, that's the release type date for Final Fantasy VI on the Game Boy Advance. Nice. In Japan. So, this d- November was a bomb. Right. Let's look at what came out in December. <laughs> Is now, it a wasteland? It's a bit of a wasteland with another bomb in it. <laughs> okay. So, so, the world was destroyed, and in the wreckage, <laughs> something rose up and ate what was left. <laughs> For, we're going to have a slightly special rules here because the chances of you naming the games <laughs> is really low. But the chances of you at least rent mentioning something tangential to the game, like the franchise it's from or That's related to I it. That's all I normally do. Have you not noticed? Some barriers. This is, uh, this is how we play the game already. <laughs> Pretty much. 
<laughs> See, we're playing by Fox Lee rules today. Yes, we're playing. We're playing with the Fox Lee <laughs> handicap. All right. Hey, <laughs> I'll give you a Fox Lee handicap. <laughs> That's a Fox Lee kneecapping. We have the release of an anime tie-in game on the DS. I'm just assuming it'll be a Bleach one. No, Full Metal Alchemist. It's a Full Metal Alchemist game. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the seven Full Metal Alchemist games that came out in two years. Would by the way, that is pretty sympathy? fucking impressive of me. I gotta call. It. I gotta say. Okay, actually, yeah, that's that's okay. One, that's impressive from Jeb. Two, Fox got the right game. We are better than you think. Yeah, uh, I really like Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist Dual Sympathy. Which, yeah, I I was I thought you were gonna say it's really impressive that they released seven games in two years because that is impressive. But no, it's even more impressive that yes. All right. Next up, we have another Nintendo DS title about which I know very very little. We've been asked in the past if the retro gaming news is heavily researched or if it's mostly me coming off the top of my head and for the most part it's me coming off the top of my head occasionally I'll get some statistics or useful stuff like that but for the most part this is just me providing game history as I know it I'll give you a clue Wikipedia's hit statistics go up every time we record this segment (laughs) for games that no one cares about otherwise but yeah (laughs) Uh, mostly you're getting a Wikipedia dive on this. I know nothing about this game. Like, I know the franchise it's from. That's all I've got. I, I really have. This is a long-standing Nintendo franchise. It launched on the Nintendo DS. Somehow, this game, despite being a franchise I know my friends care about and that I care about, no one has mentioned this to me in a way that I can remember. Professor Layton and the Sonic of the Hedgehog? <laughs> no, much more violent and gothic. But I prof- don't think that was a serious suggestion. Professor Layton experiments on a blue hedgehog is an interesting game idea. Surely it would be Professor Layton and the Azure Menace. <laughs> Professor Layton and the Red Shoes. <laughs> That's a Laytony kind of name. Professor Layton and your boy Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Layton and Knuckles. Professor Layton and the Suspicious Stain. Well, now we're not making Sonic jokes anymore. Not at all. Uh, seriously, though. Otherwise, it would be Professor Layton and the Entirely Predictable Stain. Professor Layton and the Two-Tailed Fox. Uh, the the composer for this game was Michiru Yane. Who Professor wor- Layton's Mean Bean Machine. Who worked with Yuzo Koshiro. Still nothing, right? Professor, Professor Layton and the Magical Time Bean. <laughs> Professor Layton and the Endless Shit Posting. <laughs> Professor Layton, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. You said that started on the DS? No, no, no. You th- said it started on Nintendo way back when. I said that the franchise was a long-standing Nintendo I one. I could have sworn you said I, no, it started on the DS. I'll, I'll get to hear if I'm wrong, and I will totally accept <laughs> that I probably it. am wrong, but no, yeah. I, you have I to admit... remember, I am sick, so... <laughs> yep, yep, it's okay. Professor Layton and the embarrassing edit. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. There are like five or six NDS Castlevania games. None of them that I know of is this one. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many Castlevania games. Um... I used to think there were like five, and it turns out I was wrong. This is... There's a lot more than five. Uh, the one where there's a tall, long-haired, Bishonen-looking character who I thought was a lady the first time around, but now I'm not sure about it. Yeah, and yeah. like a shorter, bookish girl. Yeah. yeah, you play two characters at once, Jonathan and Charlotte. Yeah, this is one of the only ones I know about. Yeah, <laughs> completely blanked on me. <laughs> and and big ups to them for going back to the whip. Yes. That... Going back to the whip is my OK Keep It profile name. <laughs> Quiet, dog. That's what Ellie thinks of that joke. Ugh. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> Somebody is a pest today. Yeah, it's his first. It's his first record since we got the new door. Anyway, <clears throat> all right, we have a tie-in game for a long-standing science fiction franchise. Professor Layton and the long-standing tie-in. Two thousand six. By Ubi- two thousand six. This game was developed by Ubisoft and Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, that's what that that look you're making, listener, is what I was expecting. <laughs> it's. Uh- I feel like you should know this. <laughs> it's filed as real-time tactics, action-adventure, space combat with single-player and online multiplayer modes. That's a lot of classifiers. Yep. Uh, I, I have no fucking idea what Ubisoft published. This game received multiple 50 out of 100s and multiple 7 out of 10s. Jeez. Oh, so it's literally this, perfect. Yeah, and this game is one of the, the... The franchise in question is one of the most iconic science fiction space shows ever. Is this the Star Trek oh. game? This is Star Trek Legacy. Huh. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have had the faintest idea. Every now and again, a Star Trek game comes out and it's bad. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how the formula works. The only Star Trek game I know about, um, aside from an MMO that either bombed or hasn't happened yet, I can't remember for sure, <laughs> is like the, the Kirk and Spock romance thing that's supposedly coming out. It's, it's out. It's a, it's it's a cover-based shooter. <laughs> and it's right? apparently really bad. <laughs> the Kirk, Spock, romance cover-based shooter. Because, you know, the, Star Trek... The cover-based Trek... shooting that Star Trek is known for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shoot to kill. Set faces to cover. <laughs> Now, uh, Star Trek Legacy was a game that was meant to come out on the 40th anniversary of the original Star Trek's first episode. Did but it? No, it had schedule slip and came out three weeks later. Awesome. And three weeks. That's just the worst <coughs> amount of time for schedule slip. Professor Layton and the three-week delay. Professor <laughs> <laughs> Layton did the beating of the joke in this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> beating this joke into the ground. All right. Now we have another franchise game, but this was on a portable handheld version. So it had to be different and it had to be slimmed down because the portable system couldn't handle the main franchise yet. Spyro and the tiny little stuff on the DS? Nope, not a DS game. Uh, oh. Spyro and the tiny game. little stuff on the Vita? <laughs> the Vita wasn't out yet. Probably the PSP at this point. <laughs> if the Vita had gone back in time and come out then, it would have been amazing. Is this Metal Gear Asset? Uh, it, it's a Metal Gear game. Yeah, it's... um. It's it's, it's portable ops. Portable ops. Okay. Which After apparently acid. is really quite good. No. Is this the one? Ah, good. That has no. like a almost street pass kind of feature where you can recruit other people's operatives or something through the interwebs. Yes. Uh, through the, the whatever the PSP did. But no, uh, that portable ops was the was the 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 handheld one that was somehow better than Acid, which isn't saying much because Acid was a card game. <laughs> I was not expecting to hear that. How did they make a card game that Jeb didn't like? Well, that mean, does not Blizzard bode well, it. you're right. True. Um, They're really uh, calling that a card game. Portal, portal Ops has... Uh, has, has uh, Peace Walker and Metal Gear Solid Five have the fault mechanic, where you strap a balloon to someone and they become yours because <laughs> they're sent off into the sky on a balloon. Yeah. And that's funny and silly. <laughs> It's based on real technology that the U.S. military tried to use and didn't work. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. They, they tried to make a troop kidnapping balloon. <laughs> uh, the Fulton system was originally used to try and steal small assets of, like, you know, five to ten kilos, not... To very small soldiers. <laughs> 
very small soldier. Much like size soldiers, perhaps. The cards. The there cards. is no way that a much like size soldier weighs only five to ten kilos. It's true. <laughs> I mean, they're holding five to ten kilos of food at any one time. So. <laughs> have something for later I'm envisioning this munchlax wearing the paramilitary uniform with a little helmet over the ears and their arms for the food ah see envision the helmet pulled down to just above the mouth (laughs) (laughs) munchlax gear solid I want to play this and of course it's really easy to make a stealth game where it all makes sense if the operative is a foot and a half tall (laughs) Oh, oh. And the uh, much like you... just sings its own theme song. All of this is more interesting than Portable Ops was, by the way. Okay, okay, hear me out. It's a really easy stealth game because you never see yourself on screen. Just the tips of the ears. <laughs> So, you can oh yeah, I was roll. actually talking about Portal House, wasn't I? But once you do combat rolls, you're really hard to stand back up again. <laughs> well, you just roll out, you just keep rolling. Yeah, much like in motion tends to stay in motion. <laughs> and if you go down hills, this is boing, boing. <laughs> you don't want to hit a rock. <laughs> So yeah, Portable Ops is probably shit. It didn't have a Munchlax. This game is bullshit. No Munchlax. There's there's no fault in the system. What you do actually is you just kidnap people and stuck stick them in the back of of Kazuhiro Miller's van. Oh, that's heroic. That's what good guys do. Uh, well, to be fair, the big boss's gang is never really the good guys. All right, fair enough. I just realized if you did have a Munchlax stealth game, you could just be pinching snacks. <laughs> well, That's yeah. the whole objective. This is delightful. Why hasn't Nintendo made this? Yes! Get your act together. Mm. <laughs> now, we have a franchise game. Long-standing Nintendo franchise, portable system, um, started its life on a portable system. The This game is... Kirby? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Kirby game. Uh, it's... Kirby Squeak Squad, also known as Kirby Mouse Attack. Okay. I've no idea. I'm I'm looking at the box cover here. It says Mouse Attack. Actually, no, the box cover says Squeak Squad. I don't know why they have Mouse Attack as a separate name. I think this might be like an Americanization thing, because I'm pretty sure they call the character a hamster, but he looks like a mouse. I just assumed this was me not being familiar with hamsters, because we don't really have them here. Now, now let's treat you to some fine, grade A, Kirby is hardcore in America kind of (laughs) distinction, all right? Because he does have angry eyes. On the American cover, and that's the only difference. Does the hamster? No, no, <laughs> no. The, the hamster is wearing Carmen Sandiego's hat. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a mouse chasing him, wearing a cape, a scarf, and Carmen Sandiego's hat. <laughs> this game looks amazing. But uh, Kirby Squeak Squad, known in Europe as Kirby Mouse Attack, and in Japan as Kirby of the Stars, calling on the Dorotoche Gang. Is a 2006 platform video game. Okay, not an Americanization then. I stand corrected on you that. Rip- <laughs> but a weird language thing. Yeah. So it might not have been a mouse in the first place. Well, it, it does look like he's actually being pursued by a mouse that that looks like a rad thief <laughs> while running away <laughs> carrying a bag this, of treasure over his head. I want to play this mouse's game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. It's, that's not Miss Mouse from like Paper Mario, is it? I don't Surely know. Not. There's three or four of them. Anyway. Because I want to play, play Miss Mouse's game too. <laughs> I recall Miss Mouse getting a common San Diego hat. Did she? No. She just had the really, the, the, the really cool glasses. I'm sure that we can 
yeah, get, yeah. I'm sure we can get Carpet Crawler on to explain what this game is and why it's different. <laughs> she got like Dame Edna glasses, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no glasses on this one. I want to play. I want to no, 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 no. play, play the Miss Mouse game. All right, now we have a franchise. Miss Mouse getting revealed for Smash. Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have a. I guess it's technically a franchise game, but to me, this the, so this game started out. It's, this this game franchise started out its life in the arcades, and to me, it's never been a matter of there's a franchise and they keep on you know just releasing iterations on it as much as oh they've made another game in that franchise kind of thing. There's a seven year gap between them. Um, the very first game was the, started in the arcade. Fighter? No. You Much- need to clarify this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You think of them as having big gaps between them? Yeah, and they, they do have big gaps between them. Uh, they actually got more iterations when arcades were a thing. Okay. Um, but they didn't have very connected kind of iterations. So the very first game was a platformer, uh, a, a coin-eating platformer yeah. as well. Uh, but it had mostly kind of a one-screen puzzle element to it sort of thing. Uh, Is this a Donkey Kong? You're in the right, <laughs> you're in the right it? vintage. It's a Kong era, but not a Kong game. Hmm. And it was focused, it was designed to be two-player, so there were two-playable characters. Mario Brothers? Nope. This sounds like Bubble Bobble. It's but... a Bubble Bobble game. Oh! That was iterative? Because I thought there was just, like, Bubble Bobble, and then, like, 20 years later they were like, Hey, nostalgia, let's make another Bubble Bobble well, for nerds. There was, well, no, there like was Buster Move. Well, for... Not Buster Move. Uh, but... Rainbow Islands was nothing like Bubble Bobble, but that's the sequel. That yeah. was a Bubble Bobble sequel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they have Bubble Bobbles. They have extra Bubble Bobble games. It's just between them there are these enormous <laughs> gaps of what the fuck? Sorry, I just like hearing you say Bubble Bobble again <laughs> and again. Well, the, they were going to get David Bowie to do the music for it, so there was going to be Bubble Bobble Rebel Rebel, which I figured will make someone happy if they hear it. Probably again. You're yes. in trouble. <laughs> oh no, I'm in bubble, bubble, rebel, rebel, trouble, trouble. If I you keep babbling like that, much. <laughs> you, you don't like my bubble, bubble, rebel, rebel, trouble, trouble, rabble, rebeling. Ah! No, I, I dropped it. I dropped I win. it. Yeah, Fox wins. <laughs> Not like you had to do anything hard, but yes. <laughs> you beat Dark Souls. <laughs> bubble Bubble Evolution, which is not about Bubble and Bobble. Uh, excuse me, that's Bub and Bob. I thought oh, it was sorry. Bobby and Bobby. Well, I don't know. I never had the money to put into those games. I, I never played put a coin in an arcade machine. That was not a thing we were allowed to do. I've heard from not uh, not anyone on this podcast, but from someone who, uh, during their misspent youth, broke into a school woodworking shop to cut a hole in a coin. Because in Australia, the, the $1 coin is a very specific uh, yep. context. And bore a hole through it, through which they then threaded a single line of really, t- really stout Oh, someone actually line, pulled that off? So they could play Bubble Bobble at a seaside arcade. <laughs> Just joink, joink. The only place I ever saw one of those was at the Interscate. There was a there was a big arcade in Miranda Fair where I grew up, so we'd see it like every couple of weeks, and it had the wonderful name of Tilt. Uh, that's really cool. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, we had arcades here. We didn't really have arcades so much as we had Time Zone. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been in an arcade that wasn't a Time Zone. <laughs> so, in Bubble Bubble Evolution, Bub and Bob, I have now learned... <laughs> wind up up trapped in costumes of their dragon forms so instead of playing little cute dragons you play little cute kids wearing dragon costumes with their faces sticking out of the mouths you know be even better with guns if they were dragons dragons wearing dragon costumes (laughs) yeah yeah
But all right, all nobody right. wants nobody wants human children. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> now here's our here is our last one, and this this one goes as a special shout out to I suspect I, I think this is one that's come up to the uh, the future friend wing of the Let's Play community that that whole oh, bad wonder, that whole wonderful cloud of people. Uh, this is a franchise game. Is this a Sonic game? No, worse. This is a racing game. Is this a Sonic racing game? No. This Big is a... rigs over the road. Nope. Nope. This is a tie-in to a movie franchise. Mm. What boys? year are we We're again? back in town. 2006. 2006. Um... It came Bloody... out on the, the PlayStation Fast 2. Game? The Game Boy Advance, the GameCube, the PlayStation Portal, and the Nintendo DS. Professor Layton and the Penguins of Madagascar's and All-Stars Racing. Wait, is this the Shrek game? This is Shrek Crash Racing. He made a Shrek racing game. Well, somebody once told me about it. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> you shut your filthy mouth. You've got to be careful with the cars. You don't want to roll them. But yes, Shrek Smashing Crash Racing. Next. A Zelda game. Yeah, more interesting than the Shrek game. <laughs> 2006. It wasn't. Yep, it wasn't on the Wii. Controversially, at launch. (laughs) Yes, the GameCube version of Twilight Princess came out, which I think was the last time Link was a lefty. The real version of Twilight Princess. The real version of Link. Yes. Mm -hmm. Left-handed. Yes. Occasionally turns into a wolf and gets bullied by an imp. (laughs) Yes. I uh, she made that game. Yeah. Then they ruined her at the ending. Like, Twilight Princess is Triple this... Midna is awesome. Both Midnas are awesome. Midna coexistence, hooray! <laughs> the, the... The fact that they I had... Still, like, the... I didn't like the reveal of, she was pretty all along. I can understand that frustrating you. <laughs> I actually really liked it because it made sense with how she acted. Well, it was, it was, I gotta say, the idea of a character like Midna, who looked like Midna, behaving like Midna, uh, tells, it paints a different picture, like being that confident without having like conventional attractiveness mm-hmm. backing it up is more interesting, certainly. But it's true, but she also did a really good job of conveying someone who was used to that form, and she mentions multiple times that she's really pissed off at the form she's stuck in, so... It's true. I I do kind of like the idea of, like, she's like, okay, cool, here's the reveal of my true form. It's like a nine-story tall, massive black (laughs) shadow. I am the Eternal City. That could be cool too. It's actually, just a actually just a colossus from Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, Shadow. Of the, I've got this other game to go to. Some kid with a horse. Well, this is why Hyrule Warriors is the best Zelda. Because <laughs> you get them all together. You get to pick what you like. Well, hey. uh, let's see. That's a whole bunch of uh. Yeah. So that that's why that's why 2006. You, you can just imagine being any kind of developer of like the Wii just came out, a Call of Duty just came out, and there's a Zelda game coming out in December as well. You know what? We're just we're just gonna take a break. Wait. <laughs> well, to be fair, Call of Duty wasn't that huge yet. No. We You're right. The modern warfare yet? The, the modern warfare explosion was the the big thing. But you still had the Wii just launched. Are we going to get into a bun fight with them over that? No, no, no. we're not. Wait till January. Sneak out when everyone has money. <laughs> I don't know, there's a certain element of, uh, yeah, but you're, you're telling me the New Zelda's not a Wii launch title? They yeah. fucked up their launch again, didn't they? You're telling me the New Zelda's crap? <laughs>
It's a... So yeah, that that's a weird little gem of time in history. And in case you haven't noticed, listener, we haven't been very structured or, you know, <laughs> thoroughly edited today. Topics! Yeah, that's for some other some other people. Do we have any listener questions? No, we don't. Oh, no. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to be a listener and make one up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, give me a minute. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Shit, he's already answered it. <laughs> Oh shit! I was gonna ask, um, what what is Jeff's favorite game ever? But you've already answered it, so yay! <laughs> I think Regency Solitaire is up there at last check. <laughs> Regency Solitaire is up there, but uh, Master Magic is the greatest game ever made. So I understand that because it's like Civilization, but you can summon a bear. I didn't see that anywhere in the final bracket. <laughs> Because the bracket is wrong. And I figure that's about the point where we're going to wrap up the show. <laughs> but wait, before we go. What do you got, Suppose, Jeff? Suppose I wanted to play a card game about schoolgirls. I am the worst creative. each other <laughs> with swords because Suppose. they want to. Where would I find a card game about these fencing girls? Indeed. Suppose I was looking for a seasonal gift for a friend who might enjoy cute anime schoolgirls sword fighting with one another. <laughs> I'm so bad at promoting my work. <laughs> Don't worry, I am a professional. Fox and I launched this week Lily X Blade, a lightweight bluffing card game about the schools of Jordan Ketch Prefecture uh, and their unlicensed, unauthorized duelists club. <laughs> Where they clash blades in secret. Uh, it's available on drive through Cards. I will put a link in the episode description if you'd like to get it. If you do get it around about now, when the podcast is going up, that should be the last or second last day where you can get it and get it to your house in time for Christmas. If you happen to be in the U.S. anyway. In, if and you're I in the Canada? U.S. I don't know about the rates to Canada. No. Sadly. Uh, if, if, you, if you're in that hemisphere. If you live in Australia, however. If you're you, over there. Yeah. <laughs> If any of our listeners happen to be Australian, we do have printed stock here as well, if you're curious. Mm -hmm. That said, uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast and if you think that I've got my head in the right place when it comes to making games, and if you like Fox's art, this is a way to get some of that. And it's the first project we have um, with other ones on the way. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I feel really incredibly awkward. Thank thank you for listening to me try to get you to give me your money. Please take a look. Or, even better, uh, share with your friends who might be interested because we share don't have a lot friends. of reach. And we would Make love... a purchase. <laughs> we would love... in capitalism. We would love for people who like queer sword fighting anime girls to know that this exists. Yeah, it was our Yuri Jam project. It was, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, one of three. <laughs> the one that got finished the most in the period. <laughs> the most? Well, yeah, you got a bunch of work done on Swan X Swan. What's the third one? Uh, Senpai noticed me. Oh, I didn't know that was Yuri Jam. Yeah, that that was one oh, of the... It's official. Cool. This, this is the thing. I wrote a post at the start of Yuri Jam going, hey, if you don't make games, you know, you can make small card games. You don't have to make, like, a big programming thing. Like, here are a couple of example game ideas. And then a couple of days later, I was like, hang on, I can just do that, can't I? <laughs> Here are a couple hold of up, example game take, ideas. Up, don't take this. Not, this not is mine. I got it. <laughs> well, you can't copyright a game. You, you certainly can't. You can copyright the assets to make the game. And, you know, if you copy my assets that I've used for my game, you know, that's rude. Don't do that, <laughs> jerk. So but, when, are, when, are, uh, when are we working on our, uh, our Plane Crash uh, investigation board game? Uh, that would probably be the next thing on the, re- on the, on the blocks after I... Well... 
I've been told this is a process called pipelining. I think it's more I'm on holiday, so I've got tons of free time. <laughs> uh, where I have like four or five different game ideas that I'm working on at any given point in time. You're sort of waterworksing. Yeah, yeah. The pipelining indicates it's tidy. <laughs> uh, so part of this is finding people to collaborate with on various parts of the game, like art assets and whatnot. So yes, Plane Crash Investigation sounds super interesting, and I'd like to know more about that. Thank you very much, listener. That's been this episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. And like just before Christmas, we're all kind of phoning it in. That was Fox. That was Jeb. That was Tell. Join us next week when it will actually be the Christmas special into which we put some effort. (laughs) What? Apparently they also launched the game and forgot, like, they got the reviews out. They said, here's our launch date. All right, go. And no one pressed the button to actually launch the game on Steam. I, I, <laughs> very... I, I know. I know. I, I know. Oh, you were there for that. You reviewed it. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was there for that. <laughs> you, the other one who told me. <laughs> I'm the one who told you. <laughs> I, I remember that one. I was there. I was in the trenches. <laughs>